152 family. So before we get into this episode, we would like for you to like, follow, and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform that you're listening to. And if you're on Spotify, you are actually the real winners, okay? That means you are watching. That means you're also in tune with any other polls or any other content that we have coming out. Spotify is the place to be. So if you're not on Spotify, if you're not tuning into us on Spotify, you're, you're still loved, but you're missing out, okay? <laughs> so please make sure you check us out there. Also, follow us at 52 Dallas on Instagram. We want to thank y'all so much for your love and support. We really do appreciate it. Now, let's get into this episode. You're listening to the 52 Podcast. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the 52 Podcast. I'm here with the one and only... Demarie Williams, y'all know who she is. It's all like one and only, like one and only. She is uh, not a stranger to this show. She is a familiar face, somebody who is going to be consistent. I am on this show moving forward. So I'm super excited about it. This is our first sit down. It is uh, for this season. It's our first sit down since I called um, Little Ski a soggy cigarette. A soggy cigarette. Yes, you yeah, did. Yeah, it's not a cigarette. It's a cigarette. You said that man looked like a straw on drugs. Uh, like. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. That 1,000% happened. Okay, yes. But, like, you see the, you see the visual. You see what I was. Yes. You know what I mean? It was, yes. Okay. Yes, it was very factual. And it was hilarious. <laughs> like, the fact that you came up with it, like, on the spot like that was pretty impressive. There's a debate out there that I'm not funny, um, and I am. I know I'm I feel funny. like that shade towards somebody. It is. And What's she knows She knows who she is. That's my girl. But, like, <laughs> she knows. She be, she swear to God, like, she's funnier than me. But, girl, like. She says, like, no. stop playing with yourself. You, like, number two. Like, she funny. She is funny. But she's just not funnier than me. <laughs> <laughs> she's number two. She is number two. Like, in the in the funny category, but she's the number one. Like she's she's a one for nah, sure. Now you up there though. You Thanks. up there though. Thanks. I am funny. So I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Look, y'all, I'm I'm excited. Me and D have done a lot of episodes. And we've had a conversation about just switching it up and getting a little more like into the conversation. Yeah. And it's easy to talk about culture, yeah. and it's easy to talk about the things that are comfortable to us. Yeah. Um, but I feel like in order to really get the most out of this podcast and for people to get the most out of this podcast when they listen to it, it's, it's just something about being vulnerable and talking about things that we normally wouldn't talk about. Yeah, it's time to get to the real at and, the end of the day. And today that's going to happen. So before we get into the episode, everybody, please, if you are not listening to this podcast on Spotify, I feel sorry for you and you should grow up and get Spotify because everybody understands it's better than Apple Music anyways. But follow us on Spotify. If you are on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. Please. Find us on Instagram at 52 Dallas. Please. And keep up with everything that's coming out, all the new content, all the new episodes, etc. But without further ado. Demarie, me and you go back to 20, was that 19? I think it was like, was yeah, it 19? yeah 2019, it was 2019, early 2019. Yeah, 2018, yeah, 2018, I got rebaptized, 
that was like November, October, November, like around that time. And then um, like coming into like January, February, Jordan was um, still trying to get me into like, you know, talking about Hillsong and I was kind of like on the fence about it and he was telling me that they were starting the church here in Dallas and I was like, oh, I don't know, but um, I, I want to say the first meetup was March 2019. I mean, we were March? meeting at the, we were meeting at their house like, yeah, in like February. So it was February. Yeah, it was like February. Okay, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I like to say Hillsong Dallas was the best mistake I've made in my Facts. life. Because I met you, I got reacquainted with Jordy after years, um, meeting Fiji and Grace and just all of our all of our people. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of good things that came out of that. Absolutely, it's easy to talk about the bad things, and you know, we can we can touch on that journey just briefly before we really get into the root. Yeah, of everything, um, but just kind of. Walk through with everybody what that season was for you because, like you said, you had just gotten baptized again. And you were just getting back into, like, the church scene. Yeah, yeah. So um, just for context for people, um, 2018, my father, um, he got into an accident um, which left him paralyzed from the neck down. And when that happened, like, everything really was just kind of, like, flipped upside down. And it brought me to a place where it's like, okay, I really need to rededicate myself to God. I need to rededicate myself to, you know, um, my faith. And so I got rebaptized in my home church. Um, I asked Jordan to do it, but he was there, but like his mom ended up rebaptizing me, which is fine because I love her to death. Shout yeah. out to Pastor Renee. I love you so much. Um, and from that moment on, it just it's been a journey um like back to God, back to like mm. the truth about God. Yeah. And so Jordan introducing this Hillsong opportunity to me, I was, like, super skeptical. Like, I was. Like, what made you skeptical about it? I was more so, like, that's so crazy. That's crazy. I was more so, you, you're like. Supposed to be on, you're supposed to be on the silent. I, you're supposed to be on silent mode. It's all good. It's all right. You can go, you can go like, I'm silent a, it. I'm going to go turn it off, actually. We're yeah. not off because we, we live streaming. Okay, yeah, hold, yeah, on, yeah, hold on, hold yeah. on. Just put that joint on mute. That's so wild. Ladies and gentlemen, 52 Podcast. Okay. So, yeah. Are we back? I think we back. Yeah, we're back. We're good. And so, okay. um, yeah, so being introduced to the whole Hillsong idea, I was very skeptical. I was very, like, I was very scared to use my like giftings and stuff like that in a way um just like what, because like what caused that like what was the reason why you were afraid um my father uh, my father being the condition that he was in uh, my father gave me my love for music you know what i'm saying like i would see him you know write and 
produce and like go in the go in his closet like he made the guest room in our house like a studio like a mini studio so he would be in there for hours like making the beats and like laying the piano line and laying the bass line and laying the guitar line (laughs) like literally making everything from scratch and writing the song and arranging the song and mixing the song and everything like he he gave me that whole love for the whole process he he gave me my love for people like brandy and commissioned and earth wind and fire and stevie wonder you know what i mean like all those people who like i grew up listening to you know what i'm saying he gave that to me and so for him to be in the condition that he was in like it took a toll on me um because i i didn't realize then but i know now that like my identity in that gifting was was my father Mm. and um i didn't really have that identity for myself um but I took Jordan's um, invitation, and we came to the house, and I met Amy and Sean that first night. I think I met you maybe, like, the second or third night, because I think the night that we came, you weren't there yet, or you maybe you just didn't come that day. But, um, yeah, that was the first time I met Reed and Jess and, you know, the Barons and... Yeah. Um, um What's her name? Amanda and Zach Cheatham's. And, you know, honesty, I'm going to keep it a hundred. Like, white people make me nervous. (laughs) Like, a lot of white people in the room, they made me really nervous. You know what I'm saying? Like, coming from an HBCU, like, were you seeing, like, the only white people there is on the softball team, you know, the baseball team and the soccer team. Yeah. Everybody else is black, you know what I'm saying? My high school was black. So to come here and it's just like, whoa, it's a lot of Susans and Beckys in here. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how to handle, I don't know how to deal. Um, yeah. But, like, I feel like it was definitely God-ordained. I feel it was definitely divine. I don't take for granted the time that was spent there, I feel like I, after my baptism, this was just, like, something else to, like, that God was, like, opening opening me back up to. Yeah. Um, and, of course, things happened the way that they happened. Um, us being so close to everything, us yeah. being the main ones inside, like, in the know of everything, Um of course it hurt, but like honestly, I feel like the purpose of that was just to have these relationships. You know what I mean? Like going away to school, like me and Jordan, like we weren't as close, you know what I'm saying? But that definitely re- rekindled us. Like I thank God that I met you. I thank God that I met Fiji and Amanda and the car the Barons. Like I love Carly. Like yeah. I know they moved back to Colorado and stuff, and I'm so happy for them. But I, she gave me faith in white people. You know what I mean? She's she she's one of those people. It's like not only are there out here, are there white people out here that love God and love God correct, but they are also willing to love you yeah. and show that same love um, that God shows to them to you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And they are aware of themselves as as white people, and they're not, you know flying that or you know trying to be something trying to be something that they're not you know i'm saying she's a genuine person and i appreciated that i think if anything that was the purpose of us being together like getting to know you and getting to know so many beautiful people so 
if I could take anything away from that experience, it would be that just the community that we that we got to build in the midst of chaos. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> really? Nah, for real. Nah, for real. Really? I mean that it, it it caused the whole like ripple effect yeah. of things for all of us cuz yeah. like you were saying, we we've all been through our own journeys as believers and people who are just trying to figure out what this what is this thing we call Christianity yeah like, like what what is this like what is this supposed to look like and you know everything happened the way it happened yeah and I did what I did and it just it just created this entire like season of just uncertainty yeah because I had gone through my own season of hurt with church and just to get hit back to back like that was yeah, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it's, it's, it was very easy just to throw my hands up and be like, yeah, yeah. I knew I shouldn't, I shouldn't have trusted. And y'all. that's so hard. Yeah. Like I, like I was listening to like you and um, Landon's episode and like what he said is like really true. Like it, it is a different type of faith to like, try again to like believe again to feel like okay god like yeah i know (laughs) like you know what we did what i just previously went through but i'm putting my faith and my trust in you knowing that like even if you know and it did it ended up being you know consequential yeah. But at the same time, it was like, you know what? Like, even in that consequential situation, there was still, like, your glory was still revealed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, justice was served, you know? Yeah. And I just feel like it took it took a lot. It took a lot for each of us to to be there. You know what I'm saying? Like, in our own individual journeys. And I feel like that doesn't necessarily go unrewarded, I guess. Yeah. I, w- I, I don't know. I don't know a better word to say other than unrewarded. I don't yeah. know. No, I understand that because, I mean, for me it was just, it was the response to to me shining light on what was going on. Yeah. That really tore me up. Yeah. And it made me really, like, question everything and kind of, retreat back into myself yeah because it was like there's a a clear issue and there's a clear problem yeah and that's not me yeah the the problem's not me and it's and it's crazy that I felt like in that situation I had to be okay with being blackballed from every church going forward like I had to have that mental conversation with my head and I knew that Yo, if I do this interview and I shine light on what was going on, I probably will never be able to step foot in another church without people questioning me, questioning my motives. And that was, to me, that was like, that bothered me. Yeah. Because it was as if I was the problem. Yeah. Me saying something was the wrongness of the entire situation. But I think... If, if I could change anything about that situation, I honestly would change 
the fact that like so much was brought towards you, like so much energy was brought towards you, so much energy was brought towards just the whole situation in general. And I just wish there was more like context that people could understand. Yeah. But honestly, like looking back, I feel like some of that stuff, it wasn't like even if they did understand, I feel like people had their own understandings mm-hmm. and we're and we're gonna die by them you know what i'm saying like regardless of you know the facts or <laughs> regardless of like you know what i'm saying like the truth i feel like people will were automatically just like well this is my story this is what i believe happened and i'm gonna stick by it but yeah it is what it is. Like, I don't take nothing back from it. I don't regret anything. I don't regret any of how I have I handled it. I don't regret how you handled it. I don't regret anything yeah. about the situation, honestly. Like, looking back, like, it was all for our good, <laughs> to be honest. Because I feel like that that catapulted each of us, like, on our own journeys Mm -hmm. like journeys of deconstruction journeys of you know forgiveness and self-healing um journeys of like boundaries Mm -hmm. and like i'm gonna stand up for myself in this situation like moving forward i'm gonna stand up for myself in the situation i'm gonna advocate more for myself and yeah i don't I don't take nothing away from it at all. Like, it yeah. is what it is. I'm still here. I'm still alive. We're thriving. And we see who's here and who's not. So. Yeah. And you and you kind of, like, helped me. God bless. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you helped me really, like, stop feeling bad. Really? Yeah, because I let, I let leaders and other people, like, try to convince me oh. that what I did was bad. Yeah. And that I'm this person who committed this crime. Yeah. And I felt bad. And I was like, dang, maybe oh. I shouldn't have said anything. And on one hand, it's like, dang, like, I get it. But on the other hand, it's like. Oh, listen. I, I, it's so it's so easy because w- the, the issue for me was it's so easy to dog church. Because some people yeah. just make it very easy yeah. to do so, right? Yeah. And. I felt like for a moment, a lot of my guilt was in like me saying something isn't helping the case. And it's like, yeah, these things are wrong. But if I say something, I'm just adding on to the fuel. I'm adding fuel to the fire. Yeah. And I'm just giving people even more reason to hate church, and even more of a reason not to go to church and even more of a reason to talk bad about Christians. And it was just like this internal battle. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I was like, but people matter more yeah. than that. Yeah. Because there are people who are walking around here genuinely tore up yeah. from what happened to them. Yeah. And not even just Hillsong, just in, in general. general. And I said this to you before, and I'll say it again. Like, the church is always going to church. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you, Like, you doing what you did is not the worst thing that the church has been through. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there will always be a side of church that 
misrepresents Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's simply because of our human nature. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like what you did, regardless of what everybody else thought at the time, you did for yourself Mm -hmm. and you did for the people that you cared about. You did that for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, take everybody else out on some real shit, like, one-on-one. Like, you did that for me, and I appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I appreciate that so much because you understood, like, where I was coming from and how detrimental something like this was for someone like me. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't care. I've said it so many times. I'll say it again. Like, I appreciate what you've done. Like you, you, you gave justice to so many people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Think about Krista. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Think about all those other people like Krista. You know what I'm saying? Who got caught up in that? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Who didn't have a voice to speak out? You know what I'm saying? Who didn't? Who maybe didn't have the courage or the place or you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you did that for for us. Yeah. And I. I can't speak for nobody else, but I'm sure they would be just as appreciative or they are mm-hmm. just as appreciative as I am. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. We've said that. You know I that. that. You know and that. In the last two years, you know, since all of that happened, you've been on a journey. Yes. We've all been on a journey. Yeah. But, you know, we've talked about your journey since then. And I mean, 2020 was a rough, was a rough one. <laughs> 2020 was a rough one. And do you want to talk about it? Listen, unpopular opinion. Let's bring back the quarantine. Like, let's bring it back. I ain't going to cap. The other day I was like, man. 2020 was an amazing year. When (laughs) when everybody was, like, in the house, I was like, I ain't going to cap. Like, this is. This is amazing. This is a vibe. This is a vibe. Like, I ain't got no traffic. No traffic. I, There's bruh. no like hassle. Like I, I still have all these photos that I took. Like I was out in these streets. I went to the airport and it felt like God dang. Uh, what is it <laughs> called? What's that show? Uh, I can't think of it right now. But like all the zombies took over and they're like the wa- walking, walking dead. dead. Yeah, it felt there was just nobody like there. That. Nobody was there. I was taking pictures. I came downtown. I went downtown Fort Worth and just, like, got the just yeah. the feel of that time. Like, I felt like I was just so productive. Like, I started my photography in 2020. Like, I started this on-again, off-again gym fitness journey mm-hmm. um, t- in 2020. Like, I feel like I got so much, like, clarity. And it's funny that that was the time when literally everyone was, like, had to, like, yeah. You know, sit still, mm-hmm. like be still. So I don't care what nobody say, like, unpopular opinion, whatever. I enjoy the cor- quarantine was dope. I enjoy the quarantine. Like the only thing that sucked about it was like obviously the the going out and hanging out like we used to. Yeah. It was yeah, just a yeah. different it was a it was yeah. just something different. But yeah, you know, started fifty two that year. It mm-hmm. was it just made it it really brought the best out of people, especially creatives. Yes. It made us really step up to the plate. And, you know, that that also was a the year you lost your dad. Yeah. And how do you think cuz when something like that happens it's I know we we both can relate to things like this we just keep ourselves busy. Yeah. 
And I think I still do that low key. Like, but back then it was hard yeah. because the world was kind of like on slow mo. Yeah, and fish it wasn't so still scary. stopped yet. Yeah, you know, but it was everything was in slow mo, and just how was that that journey, and how were you dealing with that while also doing your photography and trying to na- navigate through because. At that point, the Hillsong stuff was already rolling out. Right. And how were you maneuvering through the day-to-day with literally your life changed completely? So that's such a loaded question because I I feel like I haven't, like, I feel like I haven't, like, found that, like, thing. You know what I mean? But... Honestly, like, when you lose someone that's, like, a pillar, you know what I'm saying? Like, it literally is a daily thing Mm -hmm. to wake up and be like, okay, am I sad today? Yes. Am I, like, there's there's a gauge that I give myself. Um, and depending on that number um, is depending on how much grace I can give myself for that day. Like, there's days literally where I'm just like, I cannot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I give my grace, I give myself grace for if it's if it's like five things on that on my list to do today, I give grace that I at least accomplished one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then there are days where I'm like, oh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm knocking it out, and I'm being productive, and I'm, you know, doing what I need to do. But I don't think I've arrived at a moment, and honestly, I don't think I ever will just arrive at a moment where it's like, like, I'm like I'm settled, I'm good, like I found my way, you know what I'm saying? Um there are moments where I may see, like, a a tall, bald head black man, and the inside me wants to run up and hug him because I'm thinking that's my father. You know what I mean? And so when you... When you have those moments, it's like, dang, you know? It's it's always, like, a constant reminder in the back of your head. It's just kind of like, this is the reality. And so that's definitely caused me to have a different perspective on life. It's caused me to literally go on a deconstruction journey of my religion. Mm -hmm. Um, And I say that because I feel like a lot of what I was taught in just church culture back in the day, like growing up, I feel like a lot of it was was religion. Um, I feel like we weren't fed the tools to um, seek a relationship. Mm-hmm. I feel like we weren't necessarily fed the tools to seek community. Yeah, And so there's a lot of deconstruction in that and just reconstructing um, who the Bible or like what the Bible um, calls God, you know, calls God or who the, what is the Bible's version of God Yeah, and not what is the pulpit's version of God? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What is Agape Christian Fellowship's version of God? No, like, I want to know the Bible's version of God. 
and I've been on a journey of just like a lot of these pillars, pillars about unforgiveness and pillars about um, repentance and pillars about giving and generosity. I feel like a lot of those things are being shaken. Like a lot of those foundations are being shaken and God is really um, having me on a journey of just like, we're going to walk through this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This really is going to be a process. Like, you don't have your dad to hide behind anymore. Mm-hmm. You don't have his talents and his gifting and his name. You don't have that to hide behind anymore. So now I'm going to strip all this away, and we're going to build you. And, yeah, that's – it's been a journey. It's been – Highs and lows, ebbs and flows. There's still things that I'm wrestling with in my, in my spirit when it comes to like aligning myself with with what God has called me to do. Um, yeah. So. And you and you talk about that word, call, calling. Yeah. And how you you, you hate that word. I do because and you you changed my mindset on like what that word is as well because I I never even viewed it in that way yeah like that's how i know like what you're doing right now what you're operating in because deconstruction is nothing if you're not reconstructing it right you know and the fact that you're reconstructing showing you that now words that you always heard you're really starting to see the real definition of exactly these words. exactly and i hate that i I do hate the word. I want the word to be redeemed so bad because when I got to make it personal, growing up in the church and like going to some of the churches and the conferences and the youth, all that, that we, that I went to in the past, we hear the word calling and it's like, you know, God is calling us higher and God is calling you to this specific place and you better get ready and uh, you know, all this other stuff. And they make, the word call or your calling like this big vast thing like a position or a placement or like sometimes um it's even been presented as like identity yeah and like in my deconstruction journey learning that yes like god has a calling on your life Yes, there is an intended goal. Yes, there is an intended um, thing that God has fashioned you to do. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like we're we're so caught up on the big thing that we're not understanding, like, that God calls us to do daily things, like, every single day. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And for me... Those daily things are like cook breakfast. You know what I mean? Like don't get in your car and waste gas and drive, you know, 15 minutes up the street to Waffle House. Don't do that. Cook breakfast. Yeah. Those calls for me are go to the gym. Mm. Go work out. Yeah. Those calls for me are apologize. Cause you know you ain't right. You you trying to like paint, you know this, 
you know, trying to manipulate a situation when it's like, you know, your intentions were to take control over this. So what you need to do is apologize. Yeah. You know, those are the things that God is calling me to do in this season. And they seem so, like, minute. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? They seem so irrelevant. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, when we're so focused on, but God, like, you say I'm supposed to, you know what I mean? And my, my words for this year is, I have three words, repent, obey, and stewardship. Like, those are the three things that God is like, These, this is what you need to focus on. Yeah. It don't matter where you're at. It don't matter where I send you. It don't matter where I place you. This is what you need to focus on. You need to repent. Mm-hmm. And you know, what, you know what those things are. You need to obey what I'm telling you to do. And you need to be a better steward over what I've given you. Because you want this big platform you believe that I'm I'm going to put you in a place, and I am, but your character doesn't line up. Because mm. if I give you that position, guess what? You're going to manipulate, and you're going to she, 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 your way into think you know what I mean? Into, like, yeah. making this um, your environment. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, you need to get your character right. Yeah. You need to get your finances right. Mm-hmm. You need to get your heart right. Yeah. You need to steward over what I've given you. Even if it's $600 a week. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Even if it's only $1,800 a month. You need to steward over that. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so hard because we see them as my, like, my new things. Like yes. We see them as irrelevant. Yeah. It's like, well, why do I have to do that? Like, why, God? Yeah. Like, why are you asking me to do that? Like, Nobody even pays attention to, like, you're telling me to not get Starbucks. You're telling me not to pull up the Whataburger. You're telling me not to do these things because we see them as inconveniences. Yes. And we don't see them as lifestyle changes. Absolutely. Because it's like he's called us to be healthy. Absolutely. He's called us to to steward our bodies. He called us to steward our minds. He called us to live purely. Yeah. He called us to be, uh, you know what I'm saying, be kind to our neighbors. Mm-hmm. He called us to forgive. Those are things that you can find in the word of God. Yeah. You, know, you know what I'm saying? Some of those are within the Ten Commandments. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, he commands some of these things. And someone said this to me and snatched me on up. She was like, the audacity for you to feel like God, um, God is going to give you, um, like, the platform on the mountaintop but he can't, he can't tell you how to live right. Mm. You know what I'm saying? The audacity of you to think that. Mm. The audacity of you to think that you have control over how you live is going uh, is gonna to have God place you where you think God needs to be placing you. Like, how? Like, like you know what I mean? And I was like, yeah. whoa, okay. <laughs> so let's dial that all the way back. <laughs> nah, for real. I, and at first, whenever I was, like, I was offended because I was like, but this is my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is my life. And if I choose to sleep with this young man, who is that really hurting? You know what I'm saying? But it had to get to a point. I had to get to a point where I'm like, well, God had to get me to a point where, I, where it's like, listen, either you want my will 
or you want your will. Yeah. And if you want your will, go ahead. Yeah. But let's see. Let's see how. Let's see how long that's gonna last. Let's see how. Let's see how big you can make it. Since yeah. you're just so smart and you're so wise, and you think you just know. Because that's me. Like, I'm a very factual person. I do a lot of research. So if I feel like I'm knowledgeable about the facts of a thing, then I'm like, well, I'm good. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't need assistance. I'm good on your help. I'm okay. Yeah. I'll just figure it out. But God is like, that's not how I, that's not how I work. Yeah. That's not how I work. This is a partnership. Mm-hmm. And in order for you to be ready for that, we have to address these yeah. little things first. God's not our vending machine. Absolutely. And it's like, I can't just go to him when I want something. Absolutely. When I need him to reach in his hat and pull a rabbit out. Absolutely. It's like, there's actual work that needs to be done on our end. Absolutely. In order for these things to happen. And it be the things that we see as the most pointless. It's like, I don't see, oh, well, God, I don't have a conviction in that. He's like, well, maybe this is me giving you a conviction right, on it. Right. But you're so stuck in your ways, and you're not opening your heart to be receptive to that conviction. Yeah. And being able to take certain habits, like having sex before marriage. Yeah. Right? Me and my wife had sex all up and down before we got married. <laughs> and it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so it's like to, to act like that don't play a part. Right. In things. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, y'all's first year of marriage was rough. I feel like that was a that was a result of choices that we made. Absolutely. And one of those choices was we was living together before we got married. Yeah. And even then, whether it's sex, whether it's smoking weed, whether it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm not going to eat out anymore or mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to cut fast food out. You know, like these small things that we're just like, that we don't know we're addicted to. Yes, yes, yes. Because yes. we're managing it in our minds. In our minds, in our minds we're like, no, I'm managing. I'm managing it. Yeah. Like I'm not. I'm not tripping. Yeah. I'm not thirsting for yeah. it. But you can't say no to it. And those things, honestly, have been the things that I say when I say I'm wrestling with a lot of stuff, like. Um, I can be vulnerable and I do want to give context to people that are listening or watching. Like this is not like all everything that I'm speaking and that I'm saying is like real time revolution or revelation. Like mm-hmm. this is this this is a process that I'm actively working and going through every single day. Yeah. Right. So when I came to this realization, first of all, I was listening to a J. Cole song. Shout out to J. Cole. Of course you were. Listen, if he ever sees this, like, every time I bring up J. Cole, I want, like, if if, if ever a time he gets this, fu- like, stumble upon this, I want you to know, I'm looking at the camera, like, listen, you are the number one, period. Like, I don't care what nobody say, this man loves Drake and will fight to the nail for this man. I don't give a I don't give a fuck about none of that, okay? J. Cole, you are that nigga, okay? Point blank, period. And I love you. Anyway... <laughs> Why you out here trying to paint it? 
Like, I ain't no J. Cole fan. You are, but you're not, you're not a bigger J. Cole fan than me. No, I'm not. Yeah. The biggest J. Cole fans I know are you and Maurice. Period. Y'all are the two biggest J. Cole fans. He is the truth. But I, I am also a big J. Cole fan. But how y'all are with J. Cole, I am with Drake, though. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, 1,000%. Trying to paint me in this this light like I don't be rocking with Jermaine like okay, that. Okay, you do, you do. All right. I got man's playing in the background right now. She for me, not for you. What you mean? <laughs> he was on the recently played. I didn't even have to go search. Okay. <laughs> not too much. Not too much. Get off me. Anyways. Anyways. Um... <laughs> I was listening to his song, um, apparently, off of the 2014 at Forest Hills Drive. Love that song. And low-key, that is, it That's brought me to tears. Right For real? That's the song I'm playing right now. <gasps> Look at that. Let's just take a second. <sighs> J. Cole. Jermaine. Hey. Hey. <laughs> this song brought me to tears, B. This part right here, did you believe in me? And I thank you for it. Woo! Oh, I... Okay, we... Okay, okay, we're gonna bring it up. <laughs> but no, like, if y'all, if you listen to the words of that song, he was like, um, I keep my faith strong. I ask the Lord to follow me. Like, yeah. I've been unfaithful. I don't know why you call on me. But apparently, you believe in me. Like, yeah. and that brought so oh, she much. breaking it like, down. That brought me to a point of, like, you can reference it, whatever. I I know for a fact he was talking about God in that moment. Oh, 1,000%. 1,000%. Like, he's talking about Jesus Christ. And I was just like, you know what, Lord? Like, for whatever reason, you are calling me to discipline in certain areas because you see something in me that is capable Come on. that is capable of being who you called me to be. Yeah. And it's so hard to see sometimes because we are so caught up in our own images of what we need to be. We're so caught up in comparison we're caught up in you know our own religious mindsets we're caught up in so many things that god is not actually concerned about <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and the fact that it's hard for me to see yes but the fact that it's there the fact that there's even struggle and tussle to begin with lets me know that like you believe in me mm-hmm. you know what i mean and that you're not you're not a god who oh she ain't getting it like we got to give this On all the these blessings one. to somebody else it's like no like you're willing to be patient with me yeah you're willing to walk through this with me you're yeah. willing to hold my hand yeah. you're willing to pick me up mm-hmm. you're willing to forgive me you know what i'm saying like you're willing to do all these things and that speaks to the love of god yeah you know what i'm saying so, uh, we give him every reason, every reason, but you, but, but he believes in me somehow, some way. Cause I know he sees what we don't, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. that all that ultimately speaks to the sovereignty of God. And I think that's the main thing, especially in this season, what I'm 
what I'm settling in is like God is sovereign and there are things and there are ideas and there are places that he wants to take us that we may not understand at all until we are actually face to face with that thing. You know what I'm saying? But in that, there's so much love in the fact that he's just this big sovereign God and he's all knowing, he's all seeing, his ways are not ours, his thoughts are not ours. And yet he can come down and make something so plain for me. Mm -hmm. Something as plain as delete that number. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like he stayed telling us to delete Don't like don't don't smoke that. Don't smoke that today. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my personal journey, like, to sobriety. But the, what you just said, just just there, like, today. Yeah, today. We get so caught up. We think things just change overnight. And the church really gets on people's heads yeah. because they, it didn't happen like that. Yeah. But he's worrying about today. Yeah. And he's trying to help us through today. Yes. Right now. Yes. We'll, t- we'll deal with tomorrow when tomorrow gets here. Absolutely. And like just that verbiage, I'm, 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 I, I love how you just like yeah. really like because that Bible uh, is somewhere in the Bible is like you pick up your cross daily. Yeah. This is a daily decision that I'm going to choose to be who God has called me to be. Mm-hmm. God has called me to be sober. So if that means I not gonna roll up today, I'm not gonna do that. Not saying that every day is gonna be like that because we slip and fall and we every you know we all fall short. But if every day I'm striving to be like, okay, God called me to be healthy, so I'm a I'm a I'm gonna go work out for 45 minutes, and then after that 45 minutes I'm gonna meditate, and then after that 45 minutes I'm going to go read a book because that's what He's calling me. Like He's calling me to invest in my mind. He's calling me to invest in different sources to change my perspective, especially about money, especially about business. You know what I'm saying? Like, those are things that I'm, he's calling me to, like, look over. You know what I'm saying? And then it's time for work. So let's, God called me to be kind. God called me to be his example. Mm -hmm. So if I'm at work, I'm putting forth as much excellence as that is, even if all I'm doing is shaking a canister and making somebody a drink. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, God called me to excellence, and God called me to stewardship, and wherever I'm at, that includes my car, that includes my body, that includes my mind, that includes my job, that includes my relationships. God told me to take, to be a better steward over those things in this season. Because in the past, I've taken a lot of those things for granted. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like... I think whoever's listening who has purpose issues or calling issues, like, yes, seek the big thing, but don't, but don't discredit those daily things. Yeah. Because what those daily things are is building in you is discipline. Mm-hmm. What those daily things are building in you is consistency. Yeah. And what those daily things that are building in you is trust. Mm-hmm. Like, God, like, I'm trusting you, God. Like, if you're telling me that this is what I'm supposed to do and you're saying these are the steps to get there, I may not understand it. I may not even like it. But I trust you. Yeah. 
And with with me trusting in you, in turn, God is able to trust me mm-hmm. with more, with abundant, with a harvest. You know what I'm saying? And with harvest comes work. Yeah. So with expansion, with increase, like God is able to trust me with those things because I'm showing that, God, I trust you. I'm submitting my desires to you. So, yeah, I think I think that's the main thing. Like, I really want people to understand in this real-time moment. It's just like whatever God is calling you to do in those little daily things, please don't take it as irrelevant. Don't take it as unimportant. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? God cares about the little details of your life. And so in in turn or in return or in response to that, I feel like we should take those daily obedience calls <laughs> seriously. Like I I honestly feel like that's what it is. Like God is just calling us to be obedient. God is calling us to obedient be obedient to what he has called you to do. I feel like a lot of what I got in trouble for for me coming back um coming back home early from the second contract was just like you out here trying to do what everybody else is doing. And I called you to be set apart. So, what make you think that you are going to be blessed and what may, you know what I'm saying? That you're going to ha- receive the best when you're outside of my will. Mm. Point blank, period. I did not I, I did not call you to be here. Yeah. Like, the first time, yes, because there was something that I need to develop in you. I needed to develop your voice. I needed to develop your confidence. I needed to develop a new perspective of who you see me to be. And now that that season is done, I need you to come back and I need you to to apply those things. You can't be out here doing what everybody else is doing. Period. And expecting and expecting blessings. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cuz you out here doing what what everyone else is doing. I didn't call you to that. Mm-hmm. I called you to be set apart. Yeah. So if if everybody else is out here sleeping around and you out, out here complaining because you're lonely and all that stuff. No, I called you to be pure. So when everybody else can go out and do all that stuff, and the, the second I do it, I'm popping a pill, you know, aborting a baby. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Those are the consequences. Yeah. And I'm still dealing with the consequences of that specific decision as well. So it's for me, I can't speak for no one else, but like for me, when God when God moves in that way, I have to I have to take a step back. I have to take accountability mm-hmm. and I have to humble myself and be like, "Okay, God, you have my attention. Like I repent. So where where do we where do we go from here?" Yeah. And that's literally where I'm at right now. Like, where, like, hey, like, I'm here now, Lord. Like, where, where are we going from here? What do you want to do from here? Mm-hmm. And I, obviously, it's a waiting game. But I would much rather be found obedient 
and doing the everyday things and be and being content here than feeling like I missed out on a platform or yeah you know what I mean and or maybe I do achieve a platform and I'm completely out of his will like, yeah I don't I don't want that because I've it's not fun no. and it's tiring because you're constantly just Running around panicking. Absolutely. Trying to get stuff together when, it, at the end of the day, it's, it's out of our control. Mm-hmm. And, and God already got it together. Yeah. He just wants you to obey first. He just wait. <laughs> He's like, you keep going this way, mm-hmm. and I told you to go this way. Mm-hmm. You will feel so much better if you just go the way I told you to. Yeah. And uh, self-reflection is hard. Self-awareness It's hard. hard. And realizing I'm the problem. It's hard. Because it's, we mistake being gifted and being talented with being in God's will. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like, I can be out here operating in gifts that God gave me and not operating in the right way. Right, right. You know, it's like, yeah, he gifted me with music, but am I utilizing it in the way he wants me to? Right. Yeah, he's giving me the gift for podcasting, but am I am I utilizing it in the way that I'm supposed to? Exactly. And that's where things get hard and where we think it's hard because we're not in relationship with him yeah. and we're not in tune with him. Yeah. And we can't hear him because we're not making the time to tune our hearts to his voice. Mm-hmm. Like since this since the year started, every morning in our house we play worship for the first, like, four hours of the day. Mm. No TV, nothing else. No phones, yeah. It is music. It is worship playing from 8 a.m., 7.30, 8 a.m. to 11 noon sometimes. That's it. And with my son, we're just creating we're creating the atmosphere. Yeah. Our day starts with this. Our day is sustained through this. So now... As I'm I'm maneuvering through all of this, yeah, I'm in tune with him, mm-hmm. and I hear him. So when I'm doing something, there, there's a conviction that's there that wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. It's like ah, that didn't bother me before. Why is it bothering me now? He's changing that conviction is a whole listen, and it'll hit you, it man, it'll sucker punch you so hard. Listen, I'll be like. Like I, I had the money to buy the Beyonce tickets. Okay, and that's a whole nother. I listen. I'm down to get. In, I'm down to get into it. We ain't gonna get too deep because we could go a whole nother hour. But like, I I was so I was like, God, I, I got it. Like, I'm not gonna be floor seats, but yeah, like, you gonna be in the building though. I, I'm in the room. Okay, and please tell like walk me through this. What <sighs> what happened? Literally, it was conviction. It was just like, don't buy that. And I was like, <sighs> but why? Like, it's not, you know what I mean? It's not doing anything. It's not, and, and, and literally the only response I was getting is just don't buy that. Don't buy it. And I was, I remember seeing some things about uh, Jackie Hill Perry had posted something. Yes, she did. Um, very well said. She went in. 
Very well said. I love that woman. She went if you ever see this girl, hey, Jackie. <laughs> we love you over here, girl. Um, she, but, yeah, like, she, she said sure. that so so well. But it brought it brought conviction to, it, to me, not in a sense of, you know, it's Beyonce specifically, but more so, like, God, God has been like, you need to watch what you're what you're intaking. You know what I mean? You need to watch your gates. Yeah. Because at that point, I was I was doing a thirty day, thirty one days of prayer and fasting with Transformation Church. I was kind of struggling in that time because I was like, it's not feeling right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, this is not feeling right. This is not sitting in my spirit, right? Like, I don't know what's going on. Maybe I'm rejecting God's voice. Maybe I'm, like, not where I need to be, like, mentally to connect with God or to hear from God or whatever the case may be. But I ended up getting through it. And coming out of it, it was it was just a press on me to, like, watch, like, watch your gates, Watch what you're watch what you're watching, watch what you're listening to, yeah. and so I had to delete a lot of like Chris Brown mm-hmm. off of my um, off of my playlist. I've had to delete a lot of other artists. Like you know, people are watching what's that show like Sex Life or something like that oh, on yeah, Netflix. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I can't watch that. Um, it's just certain things in in that. And the Beyonce ticket was one of those things where it's just like, and and it and it conflicted with me because I'm a I'm a Beyonce fan. Like I love that woman. Like I study her. Like I break down. Like you know what I mean. Like I she's one of those artists that like along with J Cole were like she's putting something out. Like I'm fully indulged for like multiple days like rewinding like singing along like you know what I mean like just really studying her and her artistry and how she approaches her vocals like I she's one of those people for me and so for God to be like no I'm like my first instinct like forgive me Lord my first like the fuck like what Forgive me, Lord, but that was, that was, that's no. real. Like, that's real. I'm over here like, what? Nah, for real. Like, what are you talking about? But. And I've seen, and I'm seeing this very, like, common. Yeah. With this tour, for some reason. I don't know what it is. You know me. You know how I feel about Beyonce. I'm not really the biggest fan mm-hmm. of new Beyonce. Mm-hmm. I like old Beyonce. I do enjoy old Beyonce. Um, I think something just switched. Something mm. switched. The music yeah. got, the music got weird. Like the church girl song on the out, like it just got weird. Songs, it just got weird, and love that one. That one. <laughs> like, you tweak it, it, you just, tweak it. It just speaks to the ratchet side of all of us church girls. But it's okay. like it's it's, <laughs> but it's there's there's power in the tongue, absolutely. And some of the lyrics absolutely. make me like, go yeah, like, what, yeah, and it things that would have never bothered me before. But mm-hmm. for some reason, I just see that there's, like, specifically with this tour, I've seen you're not the only person that's been like, oh, I, I had to sit this it. one out. I can't do it. I had to sit this one out. I don't know why, but I feel like I got to sit this one out. I feel like there was a spiritual aspect to it, but I think more so for me, financially. Like, God is really, like, yeah. God is really, like, sitting me down when it comes to my finances. Um, 
just looking back, like I spent a lot of money on just stupid shit, like yeah. frivolous shit. And most of it be food. Spent so much money on food. Food. <laughs> Whether it's groceries or just going out, food and weed. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a process for me to kind of be a better steward over my finances. And I feel like that was a main thing. Like, um, good for you. Delayed gratification is, is, is hard for me. Yeah. Because I'm the type of person who's like, if I got it now, like I'm a get it. You know what I mean? I wasn't really taught like valuable financial skills in my home. So money is like a very foreign subject for me. Mm-hmm. And it's also a scary subject for me just because yeah, it's yeah, so real. it's so many aspects to money mm-hmm. and money brings out the worst in people. So it's hard to like kind of like trust, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to money, but obviously God is asking me to trust him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like and just making sure that I tithe, making sure that I and returning to God what what belongs to him and just being smart with my money, um, saving a lot more, mm-hmm. um, putting myself on a budget, like stop eating out four times a week and just only eat, eat out once. Yeah. You know what I mean? That means that means you're going to have to put in some work and cook. Yeah. That means you have to put in some work and bust them dishes. Yeah. Things that you do not want to do. <laughs> this is what make you. You know what I mean. Make you hit up the the drive through real Man, quick. Man, I'm like I didn't I didn't use three skillets, <laughs> two pots, and three plates trying to make this hey, this Costco little taco. The, and I'm like hit Costco up and get the paper plates. Okay, <laughs> okay. It's just it's just forcing me to be creative, but it's also forcing me. Again, like this is all a humbling process. Just to humble myself before God and be like, I don't know everything. I don't know anything. And you know everything. So submitting myself to your will, Mm -hmm. to your wisdom. And we're we're still waiting to see those results. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like I, I I feel good about it. Yeah. I feel good about it. It's hard to do because you want you want to do what you want to do so bad. Mm-hmm. But there is there is a reward. Like there's a peace that comes along with with obedience. There's a protection and a security that comes along with obedience. And I feel like if the church did a better job of like teaching that um, and learning how to apply that, mm-hmm. um, I wish there was better rhetoric on repentance. I wish there was better rhetoric on um, daily obedience, you know, and the importance of being obedient to God. I wish there was better rhetoric on how to read the Bible. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of a lot of people will be more will be well off to know you know certain things and how to how to read the bible how to apply the words that you read to your life mm-hmm. and how and what these words that you're reading how does that apply to how you view god mm. 
I think that's the biggest thing, honestly. Because if you if your if your perspective of God is right, um, I feel like it's a lot easier to be obedient. Yeah. So. You start realizing that the the price is is worth paying. Absolutely. It's hard. Yeah. But it's worth it. Ugh, it's so hard. (laughs) It's so hard. I'm proud of you, though. You said no to a Beyonce ticket. Thank you. That 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 is uh that is not a small feat because I know you are a fan. I am a fan. You are a fan. I am. I love that woman. I say it. I don't care. Y'all can fight me if you want to. I love that woman. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> you, B. I appreciate your vulnerability. Thank and you. Hopefully, what was said can help somebody. Because I know when I sent you that voice that voice though the other day, I feel like I was just kind of like. Love. Wow, I really hope this. I, I was excited for this helped. conversation. You sent that, and I was like, "Yeah, this is gonna be a good conversation." Mm-hmm. And that's what the that's the heart of what I'm trying to do here is having authentic, real conversation and about our journeys and our walk and our yeah. and what we're doing and how we're processing it. And obviously, it's not perfect. We're not claiming to be perfect. Like we both cuss. <laughs> you feel Sorry. me? And but it, it, but we're not trying to be something we're not. And it's just like, hey, this is just raw. This is how it is. Take it or leave it. This is our journey. Yeah. And we're not here to obviously just advocate. Everybody start cussing, but it's just <laughs> like we're not trying to act like something we're not. Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna come over here and 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 talk like I don't talk at home. You know, I'm not going to sit here and chop it with somebody in front of a camera as a, in a different way than I would chop with them. On a regular, the right. Off. Yeah. Right. So it's like, nah, like being raw, open and transparent and asking hard questions and really being vulnerable about the process and the struggle of that process. Yeah. And making those hard decisions and because they be they hard decisions. Yes. And it's just it's breaking habits, and we're and we're willing to do it openly, yeah. and have conversations because we know the value of what we're saying and the value of what we're going through. And there's people that are listening and watching this, and they're just like, "Yo, I relate to everything she said." Mm, I hope I'm exactly so. there. That's the prayer. And to that person who they're listening, and they're like, "Okay." I I can identify a place in my life where God is, like, calling me to maybe stop doing. Like, for me, it's smoking weed. For someone else, it might be drinking or, you know, it may be leaving a relationship or it may be, you know, having a difficult conversation. I think for that person who is wrestling with, like, aligning themselves with the will of God, I first want to say, take the pressure off yourself. What we said earlier, this is not going to be an overnight thing. I've been wanting to be sober for, I want to say, like a year and a half now, like almost going on two years. And to see where I was and to see where I am now, it's so much progress. Mm -hmm. It's so much progress. And I want yeah. to give, I want to let people know that, like, this is a process. 
to do to not do something that you probably have done for years you know what I'm saying that's going to take a process for you to stop and so my advice to you is to give yourself grace but to stay close to God stay close to God however that looks like for you and to find community but find community in purpose of seeking God's love. Yeah. Because I feel like when you when you love a person, you you understand that there are things that you just don't do because that will hurt that person. You know what I'm saying? Like your wife, you wouldn't step out on her or, you know, do anything intentional to make her upset because you love her. And that's out of you 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 monitor yourself or you you govern yourself out of love for your spouse. And that's the same way I feel like with God. Yeah. If you love God, if you come to understand God's love and the extent of God's love for your life, then your spirit will automatically, well, not automatically, your spirit will over time begin to be like, you know what? I don't even want to do this and not because it's anything that I have done, but it's because I love God and I know, and I know that this me to continuing to choose this over him is hurting him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying like hurting him, like God, you know, yeah. but I'm saying like he, there are, there are things that we do that grieves God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, people feel like God is just all high and mighty. He don't have feelings and things like that. But like I, I genuinely do. I think that there's so much love. He loves us so much. And that when he sees us intentionally not choosing him, I feel like that grieves him. I feel like that would hurt yeah. anyone's feelings. So the love of a father, the love of a father is real. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I feel like if you pursue the love of God, it will, it will, help you um make those changes in those habits to where you you will look up one day and you'll be like okay like i'm really good on this yeah you know so that would be my advice i hope that helps it helped me i appreciate you d i love you i love you too 52 podcast great episode one of many damari will be back so get used to her Hey. Feel me. Love you guys. Thank you for listening. Till the next episode. Peace, love, positivity. J. Kobe, love you. Extra creativity. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Jermaine on the behalf of Demarie. Period. And we'll see y'all in the next episode. <laughs> Peace. Bye.